Disrupting Japan, episode 88. Disrupting Japan is sponsored by Wall and Case. If you've ever tried to hire staff in Japan, you know how crazy it can be. I mean, there are over 3,000 recruiting firms here, and they're all telling you pretty much the same thing. Well, the guys at Wall and Case are different. When you're coming into Japan, they'll sit down and work out a long term hiring strategy with you. Is it best to start with a country manager or perhaps a head of partner sales? Maybe the first step is really a community manager. Now, I've known the team at Wall and Case for a long time, and they've worked with a lot of the companies that have been on this show and with some of the world's biggest brands as well. So, if you're hiring in Japan, you really should talk to Wall and Case. Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from the CEOs breaking into Japan. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Today we're going to be sitting down with Masao Tajima, or TJ, as his friends call him. And I have to admit that this interview did not exactly go as planned. A few days beforehand, TJ and I agreed to sit down and talk about how he brought Open Table to Japan and to use that experience as a jumping off point to give advice about how to bring an innovative software company to Japan and then sell to very conservative Japanese companies. And we did that, and in the next 40 minutes, you're going to be hearing all about it. However, Open Table was not TJ's first Japan market entry. He also brought in Macromedia and before that, Aldis. In our simple talk, meandered into a 90 minute history of desktop publishing in Japan and how we had to forge strategic alliances and corporate standards that allowed the technology to take root. I walked away with the makings of two amazing stories on tape, so here's what we're going to do. Today, We're going to tell you the much more recent story of how Open Table entered the Japanese market. And a bit later, we'll have TJ on again to give us the blueprint of how the right technology can let you disrupt an entire industry in only a few years, even in Japan. Today, we're going to learn about how to identify what companies are most suitable for Japan market entry. And talk about TJ's rather extreme approach to maintaining a consistent corporate culture between Japan and corporate headquarters. We'll talk about effective techniques for selling innovative software to conservative Japanese businesses, and we'll look at some of the biggest mistakes companies make in hiring their Japan country managers. But you know, TJ tells that story much better than I can. So let's hear from our sponsor. And get right to the interview. Kotowork is doing something pretty cool. It's a community of Japanese language students who want to work at Japanese companies with global ambitions. Kotowork also trains them in business culture, Japanese hospitality, and a bit of global marketing. And since it's a real community, Kotowork is always there for both candidates and companies to solve cultural misunderstandings. And the hundreds of other little problems that can come up when foreigners work for a Japanese company. Kotowork has a wonderful long term community based approach to making sure everything runs smoothly, and you should really check them out at kotowork with a C dot JP. So I'm sitting here with TJ Tejima、mm-hmm. of, well, formerly Japan CEO of Open Table. So thanks for sitting down with me. 
Thank you very much. So before we get started with uh, the history of this market entry and what went right and what went wrong, can you give us a brief explanation of what Open Table's business model is? Mm -hmm. the, uh, it was uh, 2000 or 2002. I was a general manager of Macromedia, which was uh, merged with Adobe. I have had to be in San Francisco because headquarters was San Francisco. I have to have a lunch. I have to have a dinner. But uh, I tried to uh, make a reservation. So sometime reservation was not completed made. Then I found the system so-called open table reservation system in the website. And uh, oh, it was great. So I'd like to use this type of system in Japan near future. And uh, this was the first impression about this service as a diner. Okay, so you approached the Open Table team and said, I want to bring this company to Japan? I searched executive member of Open Table. Fortunately, there are two people whom I know. Okay. And I sent an email to them. And I would like to uh, have a meeting with you guys. I would like to know the background of, of Open Table. It was uh, nine, uh, 2004. And I already left Macromedia. So I would like to uh, find a new type of a technology business after uh, I designed Macromedia. And I did several investments and established several business. Why did you leave? both Aldus and Macromedia? So I think it took maybe three years was too short, but the six years is too long. For me. <laughs> the technology and marketing innovation is my hobby. So was it you, you were feeling that you needed a new challenge or just there was a bigger opportunity with another technology? Every, everything, yeah. everything. I do not want Boeing. So many uh, smart people are in the market as a human resource. Very smart people can manage company very well and can grow the company very well. I don't have this type of a capability at all. I established a business. I created the uh, human network first. Then product has come next. This is what I did. So I always uh, established startup company first. Then three to six years, I have to find another option. I think this is really interesting because I've, I've always thought market entry companies follow the same path as startup companies. And oftentimes the person to grow a startup from zero people to 30 people is very different than the person you want to grow it from 30 to 300. And with market entry, it's very much the same, I think. Yes, totally agree with you. Especially the uh, first people who must open the door or the market, these people has to have some uh, clear vision because these people can write the regulation of uh, this market. But uh, uh, after some market is bigger. So many people can write ad additional writing the regulation or change the regulation quickly. So by regulation, you don't mean like 
government regulation. You mean more of the, the industry standard, the way things are done in the industry? Yeah, industry, industry standard of uh, technology, yeah. like a baseline, how to consider baseline, how to write the vertical light, lighting, how to use uh, Ruby, and how to transfer the uh, vector technology from server to computer or something like that. But now getting back to OpenTable, it seems to me that now from OpenTable's perspective, I'm sure they were very happy to be contacted. You could just say, look, I brought in Aldous, and that was a success. I brought in Macromedia, that was a success. But from your point of view, it seems like OpenTable is a very different kind of company. Mm -hmm. It was focused on a particular service rather than a new technology trend that was going to change the market. So what attracted you to OpenTable? Did you just think it was a fantastic service that you wanted to introduce, or what was it? Yeah, in terms of uh, Dynas, OpenTable provides internet reservation system to the uh, Dynas. Right. I thought like that. But actually, uh, I understood OpenTable provides reservation-taking technology to the restaurant. <laughs> customer management technology to the restaurant. They combine these two technologies together, packed in one computer, to provide this to the restaurants. Also, the knowledge of uh, hospitality by technology. This is a totally same as a DTP, totally same as a internet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. So you were, you were viewing it as modernization of, of restaurants. Mm -hmm which is another very paper-based business, isn't that's it? That's right, that's right. Okay. That's right. So open table system for the restaurant is totally same as a Illustrator or Photoshop for designers. That makes sense. So why was OpenTable interested in Japan? Was it they kind of met you and you convinced them that Japan was important or was Japan part of their global strategy before that? When I contacted OpenTable guy to, in 2004, they didn't consider they extend their market to Japan at all. Because uh, the market of uh, uh, restaurant reservation in US was still enough for them. Mm -hmm. Still, they have to invest lots of money. So uh, they thought the timing to be global company must be uh, two years later or three years later. It is the reason why actual establishment of uh, Open Table Japan was uh, 2006. Okay. It took two years to convince them. And when they came into Japan, was it a wholly owned subsidiary? Was it a JV? Wholly subsidiary. What did the initial team look like? You'd been working with them for two years, so you obviously had a good relationship with the founders. In 2006, what kind of team did you put together on the ground? I hired the best product manager who used to work for me in Adobe. And I picked several guys from them. And also I picked the general manager of a restaurant whom I know very much. Okay and also the service mayor of a hotel. So a very small team, four or five people? Yes, four or five people, which was uh, in T&D office. 
like an incubation office. All right. It was fast two years. So what was your approach to the market? Because the U.S. market and the Japanese market is quite different in this respect. A lot of Japanese restaurants don't take reservations. It's not a, a, a common thing. Hmm. What was your approach to getting customers? Did you just start with the higher-end, more expensive restaurants? Did you try to convince people that this type of a system would be better for them? What was your basic approach? There were two ways that I did. First one was try to find the uh, chain restaurant or licensed restaurant from U.S. They use open table in U.S. like uh, Union Square, Tokyo. In Mindown. Union Square, New York, was a, is the best user of an open table. I tried to find this restaurant first. Yeah, that is a, one of the best strategies for any B2B software coming into Japan, is find the global players that already know you. Yes, this is the first part. And the second part, I think how to create the strategy to convince the people. As you say, that time, everybody thinks the same thing. Oh, Japanese restaurants, they don't take a reservation in 2006. It, is, it was true. But the open table system is not reservation taking system. This is a replacement of pen and paper. Even though they don't take any reservation, sometimes they have to take a reservation. That's right. And especially they have to manage the customer database. So open tables, one of the best element is management of a customer database. So it's um, the CRM functions. Yes, CRM functions, so-called CRM function. So that time, so many good restaurants uh, collect the meshi. And they have a mesh holder, so many mesh holder, and write something on there. So they understood database is very important. One of the things I find most fascinating about the market entry is how the positioning of the product, exactly the same product, but how the different positioning in Japan can lead to huge success. So in the U.S., Open Table was sold as a, a reservation management system. But in Japan, you were selling it as a, a CRM yes, system for restaurants. Right. Yes, that's right. If you use this CRM system, you also can get the uh, benefit of a reservation taking together. This was my approach. Okay. And what was the reaction to that? First of all, they don't think it was uh, good for them, totally same as a DTP. Right. <laughs> but... Uh, well, any new technology, yes. nobody thinks it's good at first. Even though clever people really consider, oh, it makes money for us, or it makes operation easier than pen and paper. This is what I want to listen to, listen from them. Then we created a sales tool for that. You know, the mesh exchange is Japanese culture. Every good restaurant general manager had to change business card. I really forget that. How did you reach the restaurants? Did you just go knocking on yes, doors? Knocking door. Knocking door. 
Very simple. Okay. Yeah, but it, it works. But the restaurant business I've noticed in the, the people I've spoken, uh, in the companies selling to the restaurant business, one of the big challenges there is that it's a very low margin business. Um, it's very difficult to get customers to invest in new technology and new in anything really. So how did you overcome that? Because this is a pretty big jump for them. So if our positioning was expense side, they do not want to uh, invest. But uh, if this is a making money side, they want to invest. All right. For instance, uh, not big restaurant, like a uh, 10 table. If they are very popular, always 10 table was full booked. However, sometime or two time or three time a month, cancellation has happened. How to sell this table and, uh, you know, uh, fine dining per person, per check, let's say, Ichimayen or Ichimango Seyen. One table can make Sanmayen or Yonmayen. So $300, $400. Yes. That's a lot of money to <laughs> leave on the table, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. If these guys use open table and use open table gadget in their website, once cancellation has happened, people can make a reservation through website. I ask how much money you can make money from that. If you don't have this technology, you lose just the money. That makes sense. So the pitch is, look, if you, if you fill run, one reservation per month, this is paying for itself. Yeah. This is an option of open table. Real benefit is customer management, CRM. So in Japan, you were selling open table with a really different positioning than in the U.S. Did you have to make any changes to the product? No. Just localization? Just localization. I learned lots Lots of uh, localization philosophy from uh, software industry. So first, my experience was a uh, page layout software. I tried localize this software as much as you can to fit Japanese market, but uh, it was not correct. Customize too much, localize too much was not good things to do because global product explain how designer should be, open table provide, how restaurant management should be as global point of view. So once they use global product, they can learn lots from other world. In selling business to business in Japan, I found there are two competing ways of thinking, and both are persuasive, but one is global standards. But the other is customization. Mm -hmm. So I found Japanese business, they do respect global standards, but you also, when you're selling B2B software, you're going to get a lot of requests for customization. And is that something you ran into? Or were the restaurants willing to say, ah, this is a global standard. Let's change the way we do things a little. I said no. You just said no. Okay. <laughs> this is a global standard. Why don't you support global standard first? Then maybe in the future, better localization product or better local product can be provided by somebody. 
But uh, right now, this is the best product in the world. Why don't you start? Try it. Try it. Did you get pressure from the customers to yeah, change? Sure, oh. every day, every night, every morning. <laughs> <laughs> they really want to customize for them, not for Japan. Okay, so it wasn't so much that the Japan market was unique, it was like every restaurant had their own unique way of doing yeah. things. Yeah. Excellent. You started in 2006, and how long did it take before you had the first, say, 50 or so restaurants using this? To the 100 restaurants, a year. About a year? Okay, that's pretty fast. I think so. Especially if you're going door to door to get these restaurants. So, what competition was there in the Japanese market? Because now there's many reservation systems, but back in 2006, what was the local competition like? Not at all. Nothing? Nothing. Okay, well, that's a great way to be coming into the market. Yeah, no, not a great way. Competitor must be good guy for us because they can use or they understand which is better. They mean the customers. But、uh, there is no competitor in, in the market. It is so hard to explain what it is. <laughs> okay, right, because you, you have to explain the whole concept to them. Yeah. And if you're the only one doing it, maybe it's this strange thing that no one else will do. But with three or four companies, You can just say, we're the best at it.、Oh. That yeah, makes it's sense. Same, same as a DTP. Okay, well then, how long did you have the market to yourself? So, 2006, 2007, Open Table was pretty much unique in the Japanese market. When did the competition start showing up? 2010 or someday like that. Okay, so it was quite a while. Yeah. There are. Several Japanese local companies in the market. They saw Open Table and they reviewed Open Table technology as Dyna. The key, same as you did at first. Key element is not for Dyna, key element is for restaurants. Open Table is restaurant network service provider.、Yeah. I think that's a mistake that many startups make. They're not 100% clear of who their customer really is. Yeah. So, when the competition entered the market, did that force Open Table to make changes in the marketing or the product, or were the competition just not effective at getting market share? Actual competitive situation was not happened when I left Open Table. Some strong competitor might be the market, but、uh, still, market is development time. I left 2013. Okay, so, by, so from 2006 to 2013. So in 2013, when you、uh, moved on to your next challenge, how big was Open Table in Japan? About how many restaurants were on the system?、Uh, a little bit less than 2,000. Okay, that's really strong, steady growth. Yeah. Now, looking at it from、like、a, a high level, those kind of numbers always look like really smooth growth. But... Looking back, what was the biggest mistake you think you made running the company? If you had it to do again, what would you do differently? Honestly speaking, I don't think any mistake、really? has happened. So it really was a smooth progression? Yeah, so many、uh, tough issues have happened, but、uh, tough issues just tough issue, not mistake. All right. It was trial and error. Trial and error is not mistake. 
Right. So you didn't have to like back out or pivot marketing strategy or. It is a something like a learning stage. Mistake is not a mistake. And as the team developed, as you grew from five people managing fifty customers to a team that managed two thousand plus customers, how did the team change? Did you have to focus more on support, on sales? What did the team look like as it grew? And support and sales together. I find that for foreign companies coming into the the Japanese market. A lot are surprised at the number of support staff that is required.、Mm-hmm. Was that something that you found at Open Table? Did the customers require a higher level of support or a higher level of individual support in Japan than they did in the U.S.? Historically and culturally, yes. Okay. Now you were working with.、Uh, The open table management team for a few years before you started in Japan, so you obviously had a lot of trust and understanding of the management team, and that's that's a huge advantage when running a market entry. But as the team grew, how did you keep communication between the Japan team and headquarters? How did you keep that communication open? How did you keep everyone sort of focused on the same goal? It is not so、uh, complex things. Just say the concept of our service. So customers customize our customer. This is a concept. Huh? Because so often the Japanese team and the headquarters team will get misaligned or focused on different things. And with Open Table, was it really just the the product and mission was so simple that everyone could focus? I think so. Even though,、uh, let's say, this upgrade is not so effective in Japan, we have to agree because we are a global company. That's simple. Do not focus Japanese Japanese people at all. We have to focus customers. Customers or diners is not only Japanese. It sounds like you put a lot of effort into training your staff to teach the customer about global standards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rather than trying to get the company to adopt Japanese standards, yes, yes. First of all, we should play under the regulation of global global company. Not only、uh, diners, not only restaurant people, but employees and management first. Then we start, let's say, boxing. We can change if we are strong. That makes sense. So. The first thing you try is always the standard, and only change if you're, if you have hard data, on why it doesn't work in the market. Yeah. Through that whole growth time, was there anything you ever had to change, in the Japanese market? Was there anything you had to go back to headquarters and say, look, this feature or this workflow, we've got sure, to change. Sure, sure. We we have doing like that so many times, but how to、uh, compromise? Is very important. If we focus Japanese market too much, we always have lots of stress. I agree, and that that balance is so hard to achieve、mm-hmm. because everyone tends to look at their own job only, and they don't look at other people's jobs. So, how did you get the teams willing to compromise? Was it did you just stay involved directly? Did you have people from Japan visiting? 
the U.S.? Did you have people from headquarters coming out here? Yeah, I invited so many executives to Japan from San Francisco. They love restaurants so much. You know, Tokyo is the best city to eat. It is. So they love <laughs> to come here as business trip. I took them great restaurant. They are so happy and they understand Japanese restaurant culture, people. And after that, I explain. Once I explain, we should do like this because you know that, right? You can see the workflow. Yeah, you can yeah, see how this works. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't understand, you must come again. They <laughs> want to come again. <laughs> okay, it's it's almost a kind of bribery. Yes, <laughs> Tokyo city made everything for me. Excellent. What kind of things did you have to change for Japan? Because uh, you know this is totally same as desktop publishing. We have a katakana, hiragana, kanji, a roman. Okay. Different. Well, that's that's very basic and basic critical things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also need uh, non-smoking or smoking. Was there a difference in corporate culture between headquarters in Japan? Or was the corporate culture very similar? Very similar. I established same corporate culture here in Japan too. I always explained, you are not Japanese. You are the open table people. Open table have to consider we are open table. And were the staff receptive to that? Yes, sure. All right, because I've noticed, especially in sales department. Seems to be where the Japanese culture, Japanese sales culture, and particularly American sales culture, seems to be very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just run things American style, or completely was it sort of same as American style? Because we are American company. Okay, that is one way to keep things aligned. Yeah, don't tell any lie to the employee. Okay, I understand. I try to change the system or. Something to convince the people in Hendegora. It is when I think so, but uh, if it was not impossible, it was impossible. <laughs> Sorry, it cannot be done forever because we are American company. So instead of focusing your energy on trying to change headquarters, you focused it on your own team yeah. and running your own team as American style company. Yeah, because. Uh, I'm a general manager. I was general manager of Open Table Japan, but I also executive member of Open Table headquarters. So I have to consider Open Table itself, not only Japan. You must have had to explain this to new employees during the hiring process, basically saying, "By the way, we run like an American company." Yeah, of course. Well, that makes sense because that'll be very attractive to a certain type of employee and very unattractive to another. Sure. You know, when a、uh, typical Japanese employee joined the company, they said, "Yoroshiku onegaishimasu" or "Kore kara osawa narimasu," something like that. When I heard this type of、uh, comment, no, company must say "osawa narimasu." You make money for the company. Company share the money with you. This is the style of our business. There must have been times where it was. Difficult to get the staff 
following that message. It, it's very different from typical Japanese companies. So, so. How did you keep everyone focused on that culture kind of day to day? Behavior by general manager is most important. So, showing them by example. Yeah. All right. What sort of things were you doing as general manager to, to show them that this was an American style company? For instance,、uh, salespeople in Japan always wear tie and jacket. I said, no. Every morning, you consider what type of a business appointment you have today. Then imagine what type of、uh, wear you should wear for the meeting. Every morning, you should do. So, this is the first step. Try to change the、uh, outside, then they change inside. Excellent. After you left, was that corporate culture maintained within Open Table Japan? I, I don't think so.、Uh, I don't think so. Maybe more than 50% of our ratio, new general manager came into the, into the company. They tried to change something. So it's more of a traditional Japanese management style now?、Mm-hmm. Then I thought very interesting issue in any time, every time. The company is Grows like this, then I thought it is timing to l e f t the company. Then headquarters changed the general manager here. This guy tried to, to create more comfortable products to Japanese market. Then、uh, interesting is happened after headquarters tried to manage directly. Ah, so there is no、uh, almost no employee I hired. Well, I think one of the most important things is the trust between the executive team at headquarters and the general manager in Japan. And you'd been working with them for two years before Japan started, and you stayed a member on the executive team. So that trust was incredibly strong.、Mm-hmm. And a new general manager, no matter how skilled he is, wouldn't have that trust.、Mm. Honestly speaking, the general manager of Open Table Japan is one of the most difficult jobs as a, that title. Why is that? They have to understand technology, they have to understand the internet, they have to understand、uh, restaurant operation, they have to understand the world of a restaurant, they have to understand globalization. One of the most difficult. It is. But you learned it pretty quickly. Because I had a, a history working with American people. Yeah. So, well, that's、um, the other thing. They need, to be, they need to have a deep understanding of both cultures. Yes, sure. But sometimes, you know, general manager of a Japanese subsidiary, so many people are like、uh, job hopping. General manager of this company, general manager of this company, that's a good resume. But、uh, they really just focus on、uh, US. Say yes to US, not, say, not do anything in Japan. I, yeah, I, I've noticed this. There are, are two very, very different types of Japan country heads there's the growth type and the management type.、Mm. And the management type, they do seem to be very smart, very good resume, and will always agree with headquarters. Yeah. 
but as you point out, that usually does not mean growth in Japan.、Mm. Steady growth. If headquarters want to steady growth subsidiary, they must hire steady manager type. And rap. If they want rapid growth, they need a different type. Yes. <laughs> What would be the best advice you have for a U.S. company who's thinking of coming into Japan? What should they look for in a Japan country head? It is very difficult things to understand for them, because our language is totally different from them. As you know, for instance,、uh, one of our interesting evidence is entertainment fee in the company in Japan is much higher than U.S. company. Oh yeah, Japanese expense accounts can get shockingly expensive to American CFOs.、Oh. I explain. This is not culture issue. This is a, just a language issue. In order to say "I," you only have a language a word "I." You know, we have a thousand type of words to say "I." Yes. Then in a business meeting, he said. I type A, but、uh, in a dinner time he said I type two, but after dinner he drink, he use I type H. Then we have to consider, oh, these people have to think like this. It's a reason why we need entertainment cost in Japan. Need to time to have a dinner, need to have a drink, something like that. Yeah, but in, in fact the the core of that is. It's different in Japan, but that core idea, I think, is true in America as well. So I, I've done sales in both America and Japan, and in both places, a lot of sales happen outside of meetings over a beer yeah. somewhere. Yeah. More so in Japan, but I think a lot of American companies can understand the concept if you take the time to explain it to them. Well, let me also ask you this. What advice would you give to a new country manager, someone who's just stepped into the job?、Mm-hmm. If this guy is English native speaker, it is okay. If this guy is Japanese native speaker, it is okay. These are totally different. I think language is everything. When I talk with you in English, I consider everything in English. But、uh, My English vocabulary is much, much less than Japanese vocabulary. When I use English, I'm not smart guy. I, I know that feeling very well. When I speak in Japanese, I, I, I sound like a, a junior high school student. Yeah, that's right. That's、yeah. right. That's right. So, the general manager of an American company or any other company owned by foreign companies, general manager have to consider we are not native speaker. When I understood, it was a timing of a brainstorming. I、uh, oh, I know this so well. When I'm speaking in Japanese or when you're speaking in English, one-on-one like this, it's fine. There's never a problem. Small groups or three or four, still fine, not a problem. But when you get brainstorming of seven people speaking very quickly, it's really hard. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Understanding of a language difference is most important.
What's your, your strategy for coping with situations like that? It is a preparation for the brainstorming. I think if somebody have to take part in the brainstorming meeting, they have to get the agenda two days or three days before. Then these people have to brainstorming in Japanese by themselves. Then prepare many things and take part in the brainstorming session. Yeah, preparation is everything. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, listen, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Business is very simple. If any、uh, individual desire is not in the business, it is how to live as a person. What do you mean by that? For instance,、uh, you know, business is very simple to be created by an economic system. Sure. PL and balance it. However, human being is a very interesting animal. In the PL, in the balance sheet, they want to show how they are as general manager. This is a meaningless issue if we consider just a PL or balance sheet. But、uh, if people really understand the business, you are in the balance sheet. You are asset side people or debt side people. They have to be asset side. So, what is your asset? This is the first step to be a management, especially general management, human resource market. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can't manage from spreadsheets. You, you can only manage people. And...、Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not in the PL. This is only in balance sheet. Excellent. Well, listen, TJ, thank you so much for、thank、sitting、so、much. down with me. I enjoy talking with you. Me too. Your journey to success in Japan will involve some twists and turns. In trying to navigate new terrain, planning the safest, most effective way through on your own can be overwhelming. The Carter Group have been using market intelligence and research to guide Japan entrants for decades. They've honed an agile, cost effective, but consultative approach that will help you find the perfect product market fit. Explore user and consumer dynamics and act as an honest broker to let you know the reputation and track record of potential partners here in Japan. And when you're ready to go, their executive search team can also help you hire the right people to drive your business forward. So if you haven't got Japan completely figured out yet, the Carter Group can help you out. And we're back. You know, I loved Masao's insights on why so many of the Japanese competitors to Open Table had problems getting traction initially. They were too focused on the diner's experience and adding value to the diner rather than improving the restaurant's experience and adding value to the restaurant. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to delight all of your users, even those who don't pay you. It's an admirable goal. But this is something that is critical to the success of both market entry and startups alike. You need to have a very clear understanding of who your real customer is. And the real customers are the ones paying you for your services. And you must delight them first. There was another kind of subtle point that TJ made about maintaining a global sales culture that's worth revisiting. 
Japanese enterprise sales staff have a kind of uniform. They dress in navy blue suits with white or pale blue shirts and dark, simple ties. Black shoes and belt, not brown. TJ, however, had them dress in a manner that was appropriate to the customer they were meeting. Now, every American salesman learns this in his first year, but it's unusual in Japan, and it sends a very important message. When a salesman dresses in the standard uniform, they're doing so in order to make a good impression about their company. It's an inward facing decision. It's saying, I respect my company enough to dress this way. However, when they dress in the way that makes the client feel most comfortable, they're considering the customer's needs and making an outward facing decision. One that should, if part of a larger program, result in an even higher level of that customer service and support that Japanese firms are famous for. If you've got a story about dining in San Francisco or Japan, TJ and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 088 and tell us about it. And when you drop by, you'll see all the links and notes that TJ and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And hey, I know you've been meaning to get around this for a while now, but when you get the chance, please leave us an honest review on iTunes. It's really one of the best ways you can help support the show and help us get the word out. And most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in the Japanese market know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan. Disrupting Japan is a proud member of the Japan Podcast Network. It's a community of some of the best audio content about Japan. So if you're looking for other high quality podcasts about Japan, check out the other shows in the Japan Podcast Network.